Hi, and welcome to the Core Church Podcast. Our vision is to experience Christ's heart and to share His heart with others. Are you ready to learn more about Him? Let's dive into this week's message. I'm really excited to show you that worship isn't just an accident, it's what you were created for. But before we get there, I want to ask you a question. I ask this a question of the entire church, not just Core Church. I don't know where you come from, don't know your background. I ask a question of all of us, families, friends, everybody. Are we missing the point? Are we missing the point of this? I remember I was young, and uh, I was in youth group, and uh, I watched this, um, I watched this documentary that was highlighting just some of the world's troubles, and it was produced by a church, and he read this scripture, and I feel like this is just really pertinent to a season like this right now in 2024. He read the scripture and it goes like this. And this is harsh. Buckle up. Everyone say buckle up. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with these religious projects. Your pretensions, pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes public relations and image making. I don't know why I'm emotional, because I think, I think it's time for the church to change. That's why I'm emotional. I've had all I can take of your noisy, someone say ego, ego music. When's the last time you sang to me? You can go through the motions. You can come sit in row four, kind of coast through. Allow the word of God to just hit, bounce off, and nothing sink. You can look like you have it together because you post about it, and you got a cool tattoo, Jeremiah 29, 11. If you do have that tattoo, that's a cool tattoo. <laughs> Shots fired. I want to make it real this year. It's not what I want. I think it's actually what he wants. Can we make it real this year? It's really cool we meet in a building, but it's not about the building. It's really cool to have an Instagram page, but it's not about the Instagram page. It's really cool to be excellent in worship and have awesome people doing great things. It's really cool to do that, but it's really not about that. It's about a heart that's on fire for Jesus and wants him above all things. I don't really care where we meet. I don't care how many people are sitting in the chairs. I don't care what's going on downstairs, upstairs. I don't care what's going on in the school. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care what my finances look like. I don't care. I don't care about anything else. The only thing I need and the only thing I want for our church is a church that heart is on fire, ready to lift him up above all things. That's all I want. Because that's all he wants. When's the last time? Someone said last time. When's the last time you sang to me? When's the last time, for real, we had a real moment? Your faith was really put to the test and you really worshipped. When's the last time? Modern church, I'm sick of the religious conventions and the noisy ego music. When's the last time? Above all, God desires hearts that truly worship. That's it. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. The details, what's sold in the cafe, the muffins or the, the charcuterie board, it's all good. These are wonderful things, but what really matters is a heart that's worshiping. Amen, church? That's all that matters. That's all that really matters. The thing that's crazy is uh, now that you're a believer, it's not just an occasional song to sing or a, a moment of worship or praise. Did you know that praise is actually now your responsibility? Worship is actually your responsibility. It's in your hands now. You do it. It says this in 1 Peter 2.9. You're a, a royal priest or you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation for God's own possession so that you may what? Proclaim the excellencies. Other translations will say declare the praises. So we put them together, declaring his excellencies. 
so that you may proclaim the excellencies excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So it's not just you are a royal priest, the priest guy. No, it's all of us. It's the entire body. We are all part of the priesthood. If you're a believer in the way, the truth, and the what life, welcome to being a royal priest yourself. Now what you and I are called to do is proclaim his excellencies. Y'all ready for that this year? Let's do it. Let's do it. To declare his excellencies is our mission. That's what we're called to do. Praise is the responsibility of not just Michelle or Lauren up here. That's not their responsibility. Not theirs alone. It's the whole church. It's the whole body. Sometimes, can I tell you a little bit from being up here what I experience sometimes? Sometimes it feels like you wait for us to sing that right song that strikes that right chord. Do you know what sometimes I wait for you? To break down and be transparent. To sing that song with me. We wait on each other to do this together. I, I actually think that when a body of believers comes into a room, there should be resounding praise. It should be never ending. Yes, because you praise, Linda, and I praise. Jeff praises, I praise. Tim, you praise, I praise. Tim, you praise, I praise. Ma, you praise, I praise. We all do it together. I feel, I genuinely believe this. We get into a room and it should be resounding praise from minute one to the end. So what does it look like to declare his praises? That's a great question because some of us might be hearing this for the first time. What do you mean? I got this responsibility all of a sudden. What am I supposed to do, Nick? What does it look like? Great question. Let me answer that for you. David, who was known as a man after God's own what? Heart. Oh, he sang to God. When's the last time you sang to me? Oh, David was that guy. So let's take some notes from David real quick. What does it look like to declare his praises? I'll show you real quick. Go ahead. You can put this up here. This is in Psalm 40. It says this. I have proclaimed the good news. Someone say good news. Does anyone have a praise card in here in this place? Who got praise card walking in? Anyone get a praise card walking in? There should be a lot more hands up. Who else got praise cards walking in? Good. Everyone got praise cards. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. I see that hand back there. What's going on, my friend? We all got praise cards walking in, and for the next month, everyone will be given a praise card walking into this church. Do you know why? I want to encourage you to start proclaiming the good news that Jesus has done in your life. You should be walking in here thanking God for your wife, thanking God for your children, even if they all have a little stuffy nose. You should be thanking God for your bank account, even if it's close to zero. It's okay. You can thank God for everything. You can thank God for your car. You can thank God for your friends. You can thank God that the Steelers won. It was, it was kind of an iffy one. You played against backups. Good job, buddy. You can proclaim good news all the time. I have proclaimed good news of righteousness in the great congregation. <laughs> Behold, I will not restrain. Someone say restrain. I'm sick of this in modern worship. We all need to get over ourselves and stop restraining our lips. I have the privilege of being your pastor and knowing what you go through week in and week out. And I know that you should be running up and down these aisles getting real Pentecostal real quick, praising God. Because I know how God has delivered you, redeemed you, set you free, and restored you. Why are you restraining your lips? Oh, if you're a royal priest called to proclaim his excellencies, you will not restrain your lips any longer. I have not hidden. Look at this. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. God does something great. God even saved you, and we hold it in. We don't testify. What are we talking about? I hold it all in. But no, I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your mercy and your truth from the great congregation. That is what it looks like. Did you notice in there it said you had to sing the right note? No. So that means, and we'll bump it up a little bit so that way we don't hear you. But that means that you can proclaim his excellencies. Always. You can fulfill that responsibility. 
We cannot hold back the praise any longer, church. Y'all with me? We can't hold it back anymore. Within our hearts, we can't hold it back anymore. So I'm excited for praise to be unleashed, proclaiming his excellencies, declaring his praises. I'm excited for all of it this year. But before we get going, I want to talk about the design, that by design you were created for this. If you doubt it, go to God's word. Don't take my word for it. Isaiah 43, God is speaking through Isaiah to you and to me. And he says, the people whom I've formed for myself. Any believers in the house? That's you. Maybe you should kind of declare praises if they feel like it. Oh, if they're having a good day, it's worth it. Go ahead and put a little tweet out, or what is it on X now? I don't know. If you feel like it, you should do it. No, no, no. If you are a believer in the way, the truth, and the life, you have been formed for him himself, and you will declare his praises. Will. They will declare my praises. That's what he says. And so it's very simple, bottom line for today. If you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, I want to encourage you, take notes so you don't forget what happens on Monday and Tuesday. Carry it into every day of your life. It says, I, I wrote this down, that he designed, his people were designed to declare his praises. Wherever you're at, it doesn't have to just be in this room. It could be at your job. It could be in your family. It could be with your friends. It could be on the street. It could be when you go to Giant Eagle 10 o'clock at night and someone's buying some collard greens for tomorrow. You can still praise God there. That's a weird example. <laughs> you, can, you can declare his praises because you were designed for it. I have a question for y'all. I love this question. I was really excited to ask it this week. Has anyone ever felt God's presence or God's glory in various places? You know what I'm talking about? You feel God's presence like, oh, oh my God. What are some of those places? Mullins, West Yeah. Yes, dude. Where else? Where else? Huh? Your house? I love that. Wait, wait, what'd you say? In your bedroom, I love that. Yeah. Work, Yes. Yes, come on, what else? Your car, I love that. Wait, who else said? Marriage and friendship. Hospital. Here. Anyone ever held a baby? I remember. I remember holding my son. That was the life I realized. That, that was the moment I realized I was the most selfish person ever. And it changed me forever to see something come out of nothing. I wept like a baby. Oh, my, ah! Doctors were like, hey, Emily, is he okay? <laughs> my friend Mark over here, he's like, hey, bro, let's go hiking. But <laughs> I was like, Mark, I, all right, bro, I'll, I'll give it a go. Gets a hammock. I've never slept in a hammock in my life. We wake up early. I was already up because I thought there was like 19 deer around me. We get up early and we go stand on this rock in West Virginia. And it was quiet. I don't have a very quiet life. I'm not a quiet person. It was quiet. I didn't have to talk to him. We just sat there and took in God's creation. Oh, the colors, the clouds, every part of it. It's beautiful. You ever felt God's glory in various places? That's not an accident. You know that, right? That's not an accident. Because not only were you designed to declare his praise, but everything on earth created was designed to declare his praise. Praise the Lord from the earth. That word earth, you might say um, you might say that that's people. There's actually two ways that this word is interpreted. In this instance, it's actually talking about the rocks and the dirt. It's talking about the land that the actual rocks praise. Praise the Lord from the earth. 
You rocks, you dirt, praise it. Sea monsters, all the ocean depths, fire and hail, uh, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Oh my gosh, you remember when Jesus said wind calm and it calmed? Come on now, okay? Mountains and all of this, uh, uh, fruit trees and all cedars, animal and all cattle. Go ahead, keep going. Yep, crawling things and winged fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, rulers, uh, rulers and all judges of the earth, both young men and virgins, old men and children. They are to praise the name name of the Lord so you can be in your car you can sit on a rock you can be in a hospital and hold a child and you can feel the glory of the Lord because everything is designed to praise God everything go ahead everything was created to glorify and praise everything you see oh my gosh even stuff that man has been commissioned to create think about the guy Alexander Graham Bell, who said, let's attach a wire here, and now we can talk to each other. Praise God. That's crazy. That God inspired that type of creativity. This is creation's purpose. Colossians 1, we said, uh, in Isaiah, it said, for myself, those whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. Look at what Jesus says, uh, or, or Paul is speaking about Jesus, for himself, by him, Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, for by him all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. All things have been created through him. In other words, he spoke it in the beginning. Someone say for him. Yeah. Don't miss that three-letter word, for, for him. It's not an accident that you find glory in various places. When you witness, when you witness creation and get a sense of his glory, do you know that that means that creation is doing its job? So when you go down to Mullins, West Virginia, Tim, and you say, wow, praise God, that means creation is doing its job. That means when you hold that child in your hand, that means that creation is doing its job. Warren was four seconds old declaring God's praises. Doing his job. Oh, creation does its job. You want more evidence? Go ahead, you can put this up here. Yep, you can find this. Psalm 19. And the heavens tell of the glory of God. Oh, the heavens, of course they do, right? And then it says their expanse. Someone say expanse. Your, your translation might actually say the skies. The skies declare, there's that word, declare. The skies declare the work of his hands. I love this next portion because they don't have to say anything. What does a rock actually do? Nothing. And yet God gets glory. God gets glory. Uh, day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, and their line has gone out into all the earth, and their words into the end of the world. They speak no words, yet their praise goes out everywhere. Created to praise. Created to praise. And I would say it more like this, creation, that rock, that sunset, that child, all of these things that you've found God's presence in various places, it declares his praise endlessly. That rock does not stop. That sunset does not stop. That star does not stop. That wind does not stop. Someone say endless. You ready for the challenge? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to punch you a little bit. I'm punching me too. Why is it that people can look at a rock and praise the creator, yet look at the redeemed? Should they not also look at those of us sitting in these seats and say, praise God? Oh, people can look at a rock and praise God. I believe that people should look at the redeemed and praise the Savior. I 
I believe that this year, the world is going to look at the body of believers who are praising, and they're going to start praising the Savior. This is why you don't even know why it's happening. This is why people will step into their environment. They don't know what's going on. Has anyone ever felt this? If you've been uh, in, in church, like, just recently, you'll step into church. You don't know why you're crying, but you're crying because something's happening. That's because you are declaring praises of the Savior. It's being declared, and you're catching a glimpse of his glory. If people can look at a rock and praise the Creator, people should look at the redeemed and praise the Savior. Are you all with me, church? That's my challenge to all of us this year. Oh, they can look at a rock and praise. They should look at you, Eric, and praise. They should look at you, Paige, and praise. Rebecca, they should look at you and praise. They should look at us and praise. Aaron, they should look at you and praise. When you see that man lift shingles up on a roof, yeah, you'll praise God. should look at you and praise. Drew, when they look at you, they should praise. Everyone who's called by my name and whom I've created for my glory, look at that. Everyone, that's you. That's that same Isaiah uh, chapter talking about how God formed you for himself, for his glory. That's your purpose. Everyone is out looking for purpose all the time. I want to know my destination, my dream, my purpose. Why don't we simplify it? Everything about you should be declaring his praises. That's what you were created for. And you might find your life really satisfied when you start doing what you were designed to do. Whom I have made. Isaiah 43, 21, a few verses later. The people whom I've formed for myself will declare my praise. I will say this. Maybe there's many believers in the house who are disgruntled, upset, and a little bit off. But I would ask you, are you doing what you're designed to do? Now remember, praise is not hinged on breakthrough. It's hinged on belief. So I can come and have the worst week of my life and praise God. People should witness the body and give glory to God. That's ultimately what we're talking about today. If you were designed to praise, just like looking at a rock, a sunset, a child, they should look at you, they should look at the body of believers, and they should feel God's glory in the room. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says it. (laughs) It's a beautiful picture that he paints. I love that Jesus speaks in analogies and parables. He says, hey, we the church, the kingdom of God is like this. You're a light to the world. That's what you are. Imagine a world that is so dark. Again, go on Facebook for four and a half seconds, and you will see dark. You're the light of the world. You. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Then why do we restrain our lips? Why do we hold back and conceal his righteousness within our hearts? You're a city on a hill designed to illuminate darkness all around us. How you accomplish that mission, my friends, is declaring his praises. Why would you ever put a lid on a lamp? Why would we ever restrain our lips? Why would we ever conceal what God has done in this place? should give light to all who are in the house. So that's a serious question. And I, I don't necessarily want your answer. I want you to genuinely think about this today. Why, why do we refuse to do what we were designed to do, especially as the church? It's one thing if you were ignorant. It's one thing if you didn't know better. It's one thing if you never heard the gospel. It's one thing if you never received his grace. It's one thing if you were never told what Jesus did. It's one thing if you never stepped foot in a church. But you've been here. You've done that. So why do we refuse? Restrain. Put the lid on it. Why? I don't want your answer. I want you to think about that. So then here's the hard part. (laughs) That same scripture, Matthew chapter 5, just before it, it speaks to something that, today I wish I didn't give you this news but I have to preach to you. I have to teach you the truth. I have a question for you to consider. What would you do with things that are no longer doing what they're designed to do? I have a question. Let me me give you an example. 
Uh, anyone like toast? Our kids are toast kids. We're toast kids. My Kiki wants butter and honey. And she will come upstairs this morning and say, butter and honey is the way to go. And then my Warren has a breakdown if it's not jelly. So I have to get all the things out the fridge to appease all these little ones. What happened? What would I do if one of the two slots didn't work? What would you do? Go ahead. Someone answer it. Throw it away. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. You're the salt of the earth. But if it's become tasteless, if it doesn't do what it's designed to do, if creation doesn't do what it's designed to do, if believers are not doing what we are designed to do, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out. You guys were right. This is why I want to teach you guys about design, that this is now your responsibility, and it's something that we ought to do. And I give you this warning. I don't give you it out of condemnation. I give it to you because I have to teach you and show you the word. And I hope that this actually from the Holy Spirit, that there's a conviction inside of you that says, yeah, I'm done restraining, and I'm done refusing to do what I'm designed to do. That's my prayer for you all today. It's thrown out. It's thrown out. So are we done with religion? Are we done with the schemes, the projects, the fundraising schemes, image making, noisy ego music? Are we done with that, church? Y'all want to be done with that? Y'all want to be done with that? I want to be done with that, too. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I want to do this year. I want to praise the right way. The year of declaring his excellencies. I want to do it 100%. I am done with the old way. I want us all to step into what we're designed to do. Amen? Amen. So, um, I think I have one last question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, we talked about uh, how, how David said, hey, I won't restrain my lips. I'll declare of your righteousness in the great congregation. I'll, I'll tell of your salvation, your mercy, your truth, all of these types of things. And, and so I kind of want to make it practical for you who believe in this place. Uh, how do we actually do that? Those are great broad stroke things, proclaiming his excellencies in the congregation. But what specifically can I do tomorrow that fulfills this call? Because I'm not going to get up here, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not going to get up here and say, you better praise, but actually not give you any tools to do so. I'm not going to say, oh, do what you're designed to do and not give you any wisdom on how to actually do it. So what I did this week, so I'm studying the scriptures. And I found moments within the word where believers were faithful. Someone say faithful. And there was great rejoicing. I found this example. Someone say good works. Oh, yes. Church, we are designed to do good works. If you don't know how to declare his praises, I'm here to tell you today, it's most often not through the words that you say, but the way that you live your life. There's something different about the good works. There's something different in the midst of your busy schedule with a person pulled off on the side of the road with a busted tire to get out of your car. It's different. I, I don't, okay, yesterday it was snowy. I was really exhausted. I shoveled my driveway. And I don't say this to brag. I say this to give example. I went over, I have a neighbor. His wife has had strokes. And they're older. And so without asking, I just shoveled. I took 24 minutes of my life and cleared his driveway. Did he even come out of his driveway? No. It doesn't matter if he says thanks. He said not a word to me. It's just worth it to go serve people. That's all. Good works. Oh, people will glorify God when they see a great work done. I've been on many missions trips where people have been given glorified. They have been giving praise to God for the work that's done by faithful believers. Oh, yes. Look at this. This is, um, this is in Acts chapter 2. This is one of my favorite scriptures, okay? Uh, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 for a little bit today. If you want to get your book out, go ahead with me. Acts chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 
Acts. There you go. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. It says this. It says this in verse, uh, I believe it's verse 40, 44. Let's put this up here. Yep. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They would sell their possessions and property and share them with all. Oh, man. I get upset if my kid takes my own cereal. I get upset if someone takes my cookie. They sold everything and gave all as they saw fit and shared them to the extent that anyone had need. Now, this sounds like a beautiful thing, and it's a beautiful encouragement. But today, I want you to focus on what happened outside of the church Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread in the house, uh, from house to house, they were taking meals together with gladness and sincere gladness. Someone say declaring the praise. That's what they were doing, giving thanks to God, praising God, and having what? Favor with all people. People saw this work that was happening, and there was favor to be found. And what happens when people saw this great work, what happened when people saw this great sacrifice by many believers, not by one cool guy, but by many believers, do you know what happened? The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In other words, people were catching a glimpse of the glory of God, and they were submitting to him and following him for the rest of their life. All because the community got together and said, we're going to serve one another with gladness and sincerity. Let's go back to that Matthew chapter 5. You're the light of the world, a city set on a hill. It cannot be hidden, no. Nor do people put a lamp and put it under a basket on a lampstand. No, no, no. It gives light to all of those who are in the house. You must let your light shine before others in such a way that they may see your what, church? And then what happens? People glorify your Father in heaven. So uh, I'm just really determined this year, especially in declaring his praises, and uh, I haven't talked with her about it, but we got Miss Erica in the building who leads outreach right now. And this year, I don't want to do Second Mile Sunday like twice. Can we do it more than that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I see so many churches, it, it's all about gathering close and keeping it close here I want to get to a place where we just throw it out there with wisdom you know what I'm saying church thank you Erica we'll talk more second mile Sundays more heart that goes beyond just what's happening here we can get all caught up in our cool slogans and religious meetings or we can go make a difference in people's lives which one you want to be a part of I want to be a part of that one Number two is testify. Someone say testify. Yes. This one's really uncomfortable for many people. Uh, in the world of Instagram and in the world of um, <laughs> making sure your photo and your life is perfect, uh, the ability to be transparent about where you are, where you have been, and how you got to where you're at now on the other side, a lot of people don't share their testimony. And I don't think you understand that if you withhold your testimony, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you withhold your testimony, you may be withholding freedom from those who will hear. Nick, why do you speak about your addiction to a screen all of the time? And how you conquered it many years ago. Why do you talk about those uncomfortable things? It makes me uncomfortable. Nick, why do you open up about eating and, and your problems that you have? Why do you do that? I'm sorry it makes you uncomfortable, but do you know how many people have found freedom because I'm willing to share my testimony? I wonder how many people would find freedom if you were willing to share what happens in your life. Testify. And then not even this. 
not even testifying of necessarily what God has done for me and the breakthroughs that I've had, but what about just speaking the word of God for people? Go ahead, you can put this up here. This is in Acts chapter 2. Now what happened is it was the day of Pentecost and these people were praying to God and they were like, Jesus told them, don't leave Jerusalem until I send my helper. And all of a sudden, tongues of fire, they come, okay? And these people are talking and praising, and everyone's there. It's like, whoa, I'm hearing my language. Bro, you hearing this too? Laissez-compétent, okay. I'm weird. I'm sorry. That's French. That's from Home Alone. <laughs> Kevin, you're such a disease. So... So these people hear their languages. They're freaking out. And do you know what then Peter does? He declares what God has done forever. Oh, when man fell, God didn't give up on you. He had a plan from the very beginning, and that was to give his son for you so that you may have life here on earth and everlasting. He gave them scripture. He told them the truth. He spoke from the prophet Joel. He gave them the word of God. And look at what the result was. When they heard this, when they heard a testimony about God, they were what, church? Pierced to the heart. When's the last time you sang to me? Pierced to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what are we to do? We see this. We hear about this Jesus. What do we do now? Repent, each of you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen, church. For the promise is for you and your children and all who are far away. As many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words. Someone say words. He solemnly testified. Someone say testify. Oh, this is a man who was once an ordinary fisherman. Now designed and called to be a fisher of men. An ordinary idiota. A normal guy who is now bold enough to stand up in the assembly of Pharisees and religious leaders and declare the truth of heaven. With many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on urging them, be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who received these words, someone say words. Those who received these words. This is what I'm telling you. You withhold your testimony, but you might actually be withholding freedom for those around you. Oh, it's really scary to say it didn't work. Okay. It's worth it. Your job or their salvation. Oh, I know it's really scary. I'm here to tell you today that if you are following God, doing what he tells you, and you lose your job as a result, I'm here to tell you that God will take care of you 110%. I've seen it and I've lived it. They were baptized, and about that day, many were added. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that a great promise? But how are they going to hear about it? How are they going to call on him in whom they've not heard? In whom they've not believed? How are they to do it? Not without a preacher. Someone say, I can preach. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can preach. I'm here to tell you, you might not have all the answers, but you can share your testimony. Because let me tell you something. A man with an argument is always trumped by a man with an experience. So when you share about what God has done for you, the atheist can't look at you and say, no way. Yes way. And if you don't have the answers, come to me and I'll research with you. And if I don't have an answer, we'll go. Keep going up, up, up and talking to people and figuring this out. Don't restrain your lips. For their sake, they might receive freedom by you sharing your story. You're being sent today to proclaim the excellencies. Number three is sound. I love that. I love worship. I think there's something powerful about singing. Even some uh, not good singing, there's power, there's power in it. You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to be Adele to move the heart. There's something about what's happening with that piano there. There's something about putting music on in a car. I do think that while we're talking about proclaiming his excellencies in the way of great works, 
and in the way of testifying, I also believe that we need to start singing as a church. I know you might be uncomfortable. I know it might not work. That's okay. You can join in and sing. So when we say nothing else will do, can you join in on that? Can you join in on that? It's scary, isn't it, to sing? To lift your voice to praise? About midnight, this is the power of singing. Acts chapter 16, about midnight, Paul and Silas. Paul was recently, he was converted. He was once called Saul, and he was a persecutor of Christians. He had a radical transformation, and he was set on fire for God, faithful to the very end. I mean, this dude went 100% in, and all of a sudden, he's preaching the good news, testifying of what Jesus has done. They throw him in jail with his buddy Silas, and they were praying. Someone say singing. They were singing hymns and praise to God. I don't know about you. I ain't never been to jail, but I don't know if I would be singing and praising God for unjust treatment for false accusations, and to be thrown in a disgustingly awful place. My heart might be complaining, grumbling, anger. What were they doing? They were praising. Now wait, it's really cool to highlight Paul and Silas. Oh my gosh, they were praising. What great believers. That's awesome. You know what happens though? Their praise sets everybody free. It was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately doors were open. How many of us have loved ones where we want the doors to open? How many of us have friends, co-workers where we want the doors to open? Can you take note from these guys? It doesn't say anywhere that Paul and Silas were brilliant singers. They were praising, and doors were open, and everyone's chains were unfastened. Oh, I believe that not only in the physical, but I'm going to say in the spiritual, when the house or the body of believers praises, that there is an unfastening of strongholds over people's lives. Don't restrain your lips any longer. Now, uh, and then, uh, I, I love that. They were set free. They would go on, and, and the jailer would say, hey, I want to find the light. And they would say, hey, <laughs> I don't know if I got a torch for you, but here's Jesus. And his whole house got baptized. People were changed because they praised. Look at what Colossians says. This is Paul, the praiser, writing to you and to me. He says, let the word of Christ which <laughs> richly dwell within you with all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another, admonishing, lifting up, encouraging one another with what? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I remember doing this in small groups, and this might be very scary. Anyone have a song on their heart right now? Go ahead, Ma. I knew you would do it. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. You are my safe refuge. You are the anointed one, most holy. Thank you. <laughs> it's okay. Anyone encouraged from that? It's crazy. Can we start doing this together? Sound. Lift your voice. Last one is this, miracles. Seeing God do the impossible 
We can't. I hope that you guys aren't taken that we never praise God with breakthrough. No, when God breaks through, we lift the roof off the house. Amen, church? Yeah. It's not based on that. Oh, but it happens when it happens. So there's this guy. He was a, a, an apostle, a disciple of Jesus. His name was Philip. And uh, he goes into the city. Go ahead. You can put this up here. The city of Samaria. And uh, he, he began proclaiming. He began telling them about Jesus. And the crowds were paying attention. With one, uh, oh, paying attention with one mind to what was being said by Philip. And as they heard and saw the signs, someone say, saw the signs, saw the signs which he was performing. For in this, uh, in the case of many who had unclean spirits, there was deliverance, great deliverance happening within the city. Oh, that's, that's, that's Bible stuff. No, it happens today. Oh, deliverance is a lost topic that's not touched on in the church out of fear. I'm going to even say this, that salvation is the greatest form of deliverance. You've been delivered from death to life. And so there was unclean spirits. They were coming out shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed or limped on crutches were healed. And so what happens when miracles went on? There was great what? Rejoicing in the city. Oh, we can praise God. I know that I've prayed with people and they've received the gift of speaking in tongues. And there is joy. I've prayed with people in deliverance. And when the deliverance happens, there is an overwhelming joy that surpasses all understanding. I've seen glimpses of this picture. What happens when people are brought from death to life? There's great rejoicing. Miracles. We should be praying for that. We should be asking God for breakthrough. Seeking him. He's not a genie in a bottle, but he wants to move. Amen, church? This is what he says. This is, this is um, in, in Mark chapter 16. It talks about how the believers, what they speak and proclaim, God will actually attach his signs and wonders to confirm what you're saying. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken with him, uh, he was received up into heaven. So this is after he died and rose again. He says, hey, in my name you will cast out demons. You will heal people. The snake will bite you and you will not be poisoned, right? Like all this type of things. He's talking about this stuff. And so he received up into heaven to sat down at the right hand of God and they went out and preached everywhere they proclaimed the excellencies some will say declare it they declared it while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that follows that should be happening today and it does happen today good works testifying sound I, I know I wrote miracles Maybe can I rephrase it? The work of the Holy Spirit. Not me forcing a miracle. Just let God do what he does. Amen? Amen. The way that we live a life of worship will reveal his glory to all who see. Amen, church? Amen. I got one more thing I want to wrap up with. Sometimes I give y'all a bonus. Sometimes I give y'all a warning. Someone say warning. Uh-oh, good luck. Good luck to all y'all here. Warning, warning, warning. Go ahead, put this up here. A heart that refuses to give thanks, refuses to worship, refuses to declare his excellencies, becomes darkened. Anyone got those papers? Anyone got those praise cards? Can you take a moment to write one down if you didn't already? And can I say something as a pastor that's a little bit bold? It's scary sometimes saying this because I don't want to offend. If you refuse to do so, that's a pretty big heart check. Will you take a moment to write down what you're grateful for? What you're praising God for? Will you take a moment? Even if you have to do it on your phone, maybe you didn't get a card coming in. Take a moment what you're praising God for. Take a moment what you're declaring what he's done. Take a moment to give him praise. Take a moment to give him gratitude for all that he's done. I don't care. I'll be honest with you. I don't care if you've never even received Jesus. You can still be thankful that you got breath in your lungs. I don't care if life was really hard this week. Man, you woke up this morning. Does anyone have anything to be thankful for? Everyone should be saying a resounding yes and amen. Go ahead, take a moment. What you're praising God for. 
are you praising God for? Every week you guys come in here for this next month during this series, you will receive a card on walking in, and I expect that everybody would be praising God, writing what they're thankful for, and then not only that, after that, after this series, I'm working with Lisa, and I'm going to be working with Rich on um, um, putting a declaring his praises wall, where every week you will write what you are declaring praises for. Before you enter his courts, you will do it with thanksgiving. Write what you're thankful for, what you're praising God for. Even in the hardest of moments, even in the toughest of times. And again, if you're refusing to do so, heart check. Let me share this with you. This is Romans. Go ahead. Romans uh, chapter 1, I believe. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, uh, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made. In other words, In other words, it's by the rocks that were made, the sunset that occurs, the holding of the child, that you understand God's power and divine nature. Are y'all tracking with me? So that they are without excuse. In other words, if you've seen the stars, if you've seen the waves, the waterfall, if you've observed creation, you are without excuse because you've seen the glory of God. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. Wait. Though they knew him, because they saw him, they did not honor him or someone say give thanks. thanks. Praise. Again, get that card out and start writing on it. They refuse to give thanks. And then what happens when people see the glory of God? What happens to people who see what God has done and refuse to praise? Right here. It's right here what happens. They become futile in their reasonings. Their senseless hearts were darkened. So if you hear my voice today, and you've seen the glory of God, and believe me, you have, you're without excuse. If you refuse to pray, you might become futile in your reasoning, and your heart might be wandering into senseless darkness. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of God, (laughs) the incorruptible God, for an image in the form of corruptible mankind. Do you all get that today, church? I'm going to tell you that this series, when you come into church this week, upcoming weeks when you get that card I'm asking you it's a mandatory thing to write it down amen church y'all ready to declare y'all ready to do what we're designed to do declaring his praises can I pray for y'all let's pray God I thank you I thank you that you designed us to praise I thank you that I've seen your goodness in so many ways. I thank you that I've seen a sunset and caught a glimpse of your heavenly power. I thank you that I've held my child in my hands and I caught a glimpse of your nature. I thank you that I've seen my friends and caught a glimpse of your love and compassion. I thank you that I've seen great work from many people and caught a glimpse of the work of your hands. Jesus, I thank you that you've revealed yourself to me so that I could reveal yourself to the world so that I can reveal you to the world. And so from here on out, from this moment in 2024, I will never stop declaring your praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Now, can we really lift up a shout of praise like we believe? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We hope you were able to draw closer to him today and can walk away with a deeper knowledge of his word. At CORE, we believe you aren't meant to do life alone. Visit us at corechurch.com to learn more about how to get involved with our community through serving opportunities and our weekly events.